Good morning or good afternoon, everyone. It's Texas Slim. I am Texas Slim, and I am checking in today from, I'm not going to tell you until I get done talking to you. Uh, one thing when I did leave, I left, I believe, West Texas, uh, I believe April 3rd, and I believe today is either the 23rd or the 24th. I'm not for sure. It is a Tuesday. And uh, we're kind of uh, not recovering, but getting over and uh, moving on and closing out one of the best events we've ever had at Ginger Hill Angus in Washington, Virginia at Brooke and Ann's place, uh, Brooke Miller and Ann Miller and their family, everybody that was involved with that, especially Amanda and Matt. Thank you guys. Just to let everybody know, the Ginger Hill Angus Beef Initiative Micro Summit was a glaring success. We had every kind of person there. We had people from all over the country. Uh, we had people from Canada, all the way from California, Vermont, Texas, of course, Florida. We hit all angles and all corners of this country and it all came down on Virginia. Virginia is actually, you know, it is, it is one of the very first places that you can look at if you want to get historical in the United States. And the amount of footage that we've been able to create at that summit is something that we've never been able to do. But one thing that we have been able to do is capture the last year, year and a half of footage. And I'm going to speak to that here in a minute. But hey, I left uh, West Texas with my boy. He was driving his El Camino and I was driving my pickup truck. Dang, it's tired. But uh, we're already about 3,331 miles into this trip. That seems like second nature to me. I hope it's second nature to you for you to watch it because that's what I do. Travel around the world to bring you the best, basically, and the most truthful beef intelligence that comes with authenticity, clarity, transparency, and uh, truth in food. So we are the leaders in beef intelligence from every angle, from the commodity cowboy to regenerative grass-fed, grass-finished, and everything's in between. This is what we do and we're gonna continue. We're just getting started. But left uh, left Canyon, Texas on around April 3rd, April 4th. Drove to Austin and we picked up uh, June. June flew in from Florida. And uh, we went and we finished up creating our, kind of our media kit. All the equipment that we have and that we're using from here on out is uh, something that you guys are gonna be able to benefit off of. We're basically doing on the road, Jack Kerouac. We're doing everything we can do to basically open the gates, open up 10,000 gates across this nation, because right now we're gonna open up 10,000 gates so we can build 1,000 processing centers, so we can build 1 million communities across this planet. We do have a game plan. This is not random. This has been a work in progress, and it's uh, basically become my life calling. Um, we always encourage everybody, share this, share this message. This is a lifestyle. Put your money, your time where your lifestyle is gonna be. Should be there already. If you're watching this, you're getting closer. You're gonna get closer whenever you start tuning in every week. But we left uh, out of Austin. But first, what did we do? We went and met up with Justin Trammell of Panhandle Meats. He was the first rancher I ever shook hands with in Randall County, Canyon, Texas, on the county square at a farmer's market in uh, late of 2021. And that's whenever we said, hey, let's do this. 
very shortly after that, I met Cole Bolton. Then I met Jason Rick. Soon to follow was Holy Cow. And then 160 other producers have voluntarily, voluntarily come into the Beef Initiative. I had somebody tag me uh, or tag us on Twitter today and said they were suspect. Well, bless his heart. What do you got to be suspect of except your own basically consumption model? If you're uh, validating the deceptions, I guess you do get suspicious. But within the Beef Initiative, we come with truth, authenticity, integrity, and transparency. If you need to question that, go right ahead, but you'll end up figuring out you're on the wrong side of history. This is a movement that has been uh, done from a grassroots perspective with a lot of faith. That's all I ever had in the beginning. That's all Justin had. We have that conversation coming up. Y'all tune into that conversation. Then from Austin, we went on down to Luling to hometown meets. Of course, that's Cole Bolton and Clyde Summer Lottie and your favorite butcher of all time, Old Butch and Johnny. We got Ronnie down there. We got Monty. We got the whole team of hometown meets. Got a lot of footage there. We got a lot of interviews. We even picked up with old Jason at Two Bar C Ranch. That's not Jason Rick of Rick Ranches in Colorado. That's Jason at Two Bar C. Him and Clyde Summerlotti run that Two Bar C Ranch. And a lot of y'all went there this past year whenever we had the Kill It and Grill It Cattleman's Feast. And of course, where did the Cattleman's Feast come from? Well, that was the brainchild of a collection of Cole Bolton. Old Butch, Johnny, and myself. But, you know, they've been working on and mastering that their whole lives. Now we're going to bring it to everybody across this nation. And that's what we did in Ginger Hills Summit in Virginia, right outside of Washington, Virginia, which is the first township that ever held the name Washington. If you're going to name your township Washington, Washington, Virginia, look it up. That's where we were. You're going to see parts of it through these podcasts coming up, all the content that June's been creating. He's been doing a phenomenal job. From Hometown Meats in Luling, Texas, we went on to Arkansas. I can't remember if we took one day or two days to get there, but we met up with Todd Weil of uh, Prairie Grove, Arkansas. Todd came to our very first uh, conference. We called it the conference back there in Kerrville, and that's been one year, folks, how far we've come. Thanks to you. Thanks to everybody doing what I say. And I mean that in a very humble way, but let's uh, let's spread this message out. Let's retweet. Let's share with your family. Let's make it a household name. Let's get this thing moving because we have momentum and it takes this long for a grassroots organization to get that. We did it with no capital funding with anybody else. Liquidated my life, sold my house. The only thing I got is a pickup truck, a cell phone bill and insurance. Everything else is uh, what we do and it's proof of work and we get and we get paid by results. Uh, we've got a lot of people coming in and starting to donate to the beef initiative right now. Stop, stop everything you're doing. Hit pause, go to beefinitiative.com forward slash donate. Where's that going? What's well, going to Jason Rick of Rick Ranches. We're getting close to fulfilling his grant. It's a $10,000 grant. It's a nonprofit folks got a legal team that basically made sure that we're doing everything legal from the Bitcoin donations to the fiat donations. Go there. This is for a good cause and we're fulfilling because Jason Rick is going to open up his ranch and he's going to basically provide some form of internship to educate the next generation of ranchers. So stop what you're doing and go and donate. If it's five dollars, donate. If you can't donate, Send it to 500 people. 
you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're on TikTok, you're on email, you're having phone conversations, you know how to copy and paste the link, we'll send it on out there. Give back. Like I said, put your money, put your mouth, put your efforts where your lifestyle is going to be and it should already be there. That's through the gate of the American Rancher. The reason I talk about the donation page is because we got another basically grant that's going to be formulated here after we finish this trip after we get back to west texas and whenever we go out to jason rick and rick ranches we're going to go out there probably about mid-may and what are we going to be doing guess what we're going to be basically providing a media kit to jason rick of rick ranches and it's going to be everything about him opening up this gate you know, we got people out there trying to charge these ranchers for media kits and everything, marketing, digital marketing. Do you think these guys have that revenue to do that? A lot of times all they have is one revenue stream and they're working three jobs. Y'all quit soliciting these ranchers. We're going to do it for free. And what we're going to do is we're going to use this donation page basically to travel around the world and open up the gates. And what we're gonna do is gonna give these ranchers a pillar of strength and a new revenue stream they've never had. They'd never even dreamt that they could have. We are the Yellowstone. Turn off that Peacock channel and start looking and pointing your compass to the Beef Initiative. We are a media company now, Texas Slims Media. And this is basically the inaugural launch starting in 2023 as I sit here in West Virginia, Mountain Mama. So. You guys get ready. Okay, back to where we were. We were in Prairie Grove, Arkansas, because we were getting ready for the Ozark Beef Initiative Food Intelligence Summit. Check it out. Go to beefinitiative.com. Oh, do you need to pause again and go back to the Beef Initiative? See how it's becoming a funnel of everything you need to know? Get into the Beef Initiative. Look at future events. we got something going on in Northern California. It's coming soon. I don't have that ticket up, uh, website up yet, but we're getting there. So go check out the Ozark Beef and Food Intelligence Summit that Todd Wild put together. We didn't have to do anything. All we're going to do is go and represent. Todd organized. We've got speakers. We've got everybody. We've even got one of Todd's beautiful, beautiful Angus cow that he's going to carve up for us. And it's in an old grain mill in Prairie Grove, Arkansas. Do a Google search under images and look at that grain mill. That's where you're gonna be hanging out with those. The ticket prices are very affordable. Y'all meet up with us in Prairie Grove. May 5th and 6th is when we'll be there. I'll be there 4th and probably through the 7th. Come hang out with us. Watch us how we do media. Come become a part of the family that is becoming, that is, and it's been, basically it's growing pretty fast, but we need you to help us out a little bit. After Prairie Grove, we went where, not my favorite place, Nashville. We got the Tennessee Beef Initiative uh, Summit that we had there last December. Guess what? We're going to have another one in October. Okay, I think we're solidifying that. And the Tennessee Beef Initiative and the people at Bitcoin Park being all of them, Matt, of course, Mills, Rod, Joss, Kim, everybody, they are excited. They're excited to be part of the Beef Initiative. We're going to get some ranchers in Tennessee and we're going to give them a headquarters. They're going to start feeding Bitcoiners and Bitcoiners are going to start educating them in orange peeling. We got orange peel, got it. What are we doing? Bitcoiners are orange peeling ranchers and ranchers are ranch peeling Bitcoiners. I think uh, Tennessee and Nashville especially is going to be a major hub for the Beef Initiative. 
stayed a couple of nights there and then we went off where did we go we i don't know i can't even remember where we stayed but we went somewhere but then we went, oh shit, we ended up at ginger hill and we met with the millers and i'm gonna look straight into the camera folks brooke and ann miller the some of the nicest people i've ever met the way that they gave us hospitality how they opened up their arms and their doors to their ranch it's an amazing, amazing ranch. It's an amazing kind of uh, period of history which they've basically stewarded through their lives, through their grandparents, great-grandparents, and great-grandparents. They've been there a long time. They had the tent ready. They had the porta-potties ready. They had old buckshot ready. Buckshot tasted fantastic. Johnny flew in and he went to town. He'd spent over a day and a half preparing everything that is the Cattleman's Feast. The Cattleman's Feast is going to be offered to everybody across this nation. It'll be people like Johnny O. Butch, because he's a chef. It'll be me, it'll be Cole Bolton. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring the beef to every time to anybody that wants to have this cattleman's feast we're bringing the beef and we're going to show you everything it's going to be a workshop that you're going to use because we're going to bring up processing centers we're going to bring up cuts of the cow we're going to bring up so much education that this nation basically deserves and has basically has not had access to for a very long time after uh we're going to do uh, we're going to do more coverage about the ginger hill summit but after Ginger Hill, after that successful time with Brooke Miller, Ann Miller, Matt, Amanda, Henry, Colby, all of the Miller family, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you to all the speakers, every one of them. They were fantastic. We had headliners. We had basically people from the Bitcoin space, and we're going to be uh, releasing that. One person I want to point out for you is Mike the shooter he's a bitcoiner and he's damn good at what he does he has all kinds of great audio and video equipment and him and june work together to bring some of the best footage i've ever seen us film and audio him and june are like teammates and they're basically they have bonded so get ready we're gonna turn this into did i tell y'all we're the yellowstone we're the real yellowstone you want cinematic you want basically cinematography, you want expertise audio and video, I'm gonna get prettier. So, oh, talking about getting prettier, we had Claire and Fritz representing, we had Pharaoh.life representing, we had old Beesnard's maple syrup, maple syrup guy everybody knows him by, and we had Sarah's soaps. Everybody got to have a little bit of that. A lot of people growing within this beef initiative. It's a lifestyle, it's an international lifestyle. We're building a parallel circular economy based on beef and Bitcoin. I remember when I first started the beef initiative, people, some major influencers still don't get, they don't understand beef and Bitcoin. Well, bless their hearts. We're gonna show you, that's what we do. We give results after the summit. We headed out towards DC Monday morning and I went and did an interview with Epoch Times, Epoch Times, everybody mispronounces it, but I did it with Oyan of American Thought Leaders. That's coming up in about two weeks. Folks, we got to a lot to unfold here, but, but uh, so we won't take up too much of your time. After DC, I think I was in DC for six hours and I had a panic attack. Had to get the hell out of there and we ended up here in the country. 
We're here in West Virginia outside of Martinsburg, West Virginia. Like I said, it's Mountain Mama. I love West Virginia. It's picturesque. It's absolutely beautiful. From here, we're going to point our compass back to Prairie Grove, Arkansas for that micro summit that Todd and Ashley are putting on for us. It's a community thing, folks. Check out the rest of this conversation with Justin and me. We did it at the basically the, the steps of the Capitol right next to an old cedar tree that they didn't cut down. And what it's about, it tells you everything in our lives right now, folks. A lot of bottlenecks to everything that we have in nutrition, within food, within building community, with the American rancher not having the voice that he should, is because of the bottleneck of the processing center. From day one, this was about processing centers and giving you direct market access through a clean processing center. Who's got processing centers? Justin Trammell, Panhandle Meats, Cole Bolton, Clyde Summerlotti, Hometown Meats in Luling. If you're buying beef through any other place and it's not a clean processing center, then you probably need to look at your consumption model. When I say that, I mean audio, video, and food. So you guys enjoy this conversation. Enjoy the little uh, clips from the road. Get ready. Starting next week, here we go, folks. Texas Slims Media is about to take off. We're going to bring you everything that we do across this planet. This summer, it's going to be all over the United States. So on that note, God bless you. Share this. Take the time. Take a pause to reset your consumption model. And remember, the processing center is the bottleneck, but we're gonna bring it back to every community across this nation. 10,000 gates open, 1,000 processing centers get built. Microprocessing centers, you're gonna get educated. But before we go into that conversation with Justin, June's gonna pop in here and he's gonna have a little conversation. He's gonna do the, the boost uh, through podcasting 2.0 in the fountain app. So hang on guys. Hey everybody. Look out there. I don't know if you can see that, but there's some cattle. I'm out here in wild West Virginia. And uh, there's cattle everywhere, all over the country. Me and Slim just traveled from Texas through Tennessee, Arkansas, all the way up to Virginia for the Ginger Hill Summit. And we're just taking a little break here. Give me a time, give me some time to edit. Everything that we've, uh, everything that we've accomplished. And uh, over the next couple weeks, you're gonna start to see a lot. A lot has unfolded and a lot will continue to unfold. So in the meantime, Thank you to everybody who streamed and boosted and podcasting 2.0 and the Fountain app and everywhere else. First, I want to say thank you to Nomad Joe. 
who came in three times for a total of 5,300 sacks. He says, eat more beef. Got a hundred sats from JE. A hundred sats from Brian Hazel. 50,000 sats from Bubba. Like Clyde says, let's take this pile of shit we've been handed and fertilize with it. And tell Cole, I got some Colorado Kool-Aid to share and a tailgate. That sounds like a great vacation. 1,000 sats from Jordan Rickner. 1,500 sats from user 17828. Great show. Keep on preaching. 500 sats from Busted Canoe. It looks like a double beef boost. Another 500 sats from Busted Canoe. 1,000 sats from Bicycle Bitcoin. I'm sorry, 100 sats from Bicycle Bitcoin three times. Really appreciate that. So let's get back to Justin from Tier Bluin and the Beef Initiative Association Council. And uh, him and Slim are about to get into it. Let's check it out them having at least one person that at least has spent a week in mine uh -huh. and knows the flow and knows all that and that would that put them such a big <laughs> leg up that it just it just builds off itself this is this is exactly what we need to do well my people are interested in teaching because that was the only other thing i was like I, I need to make sure that you guys are on board with this but if i'm able to pay them time and a half for that day that they're teaching teaching I mean, well hell yeah be. I mean, it only makes them better, yeah. and they, they take accountability for their job. And, well, you know, and, and being one, one thing we've been trying to uh, push on them, too, is make them realize how proud they should be about yeah. what they're doing, because, I mean, those, our people are really starting to get it down. Well, so, and I was talking to Butch last night, and he's with Cole down there. You'll meet him tomorrow, and he said, you know, we're, we're starting to make a difference. The people that are hiring on, they had to go through that turnover and yeah. stuff. Finally get people that are starting to value what's going on, because they see what because he's building on community just like, you know, we're doing with Panhandle Meats. And so it, it, there's there's a really cool algorithm that's starting to take the shape. Yeah, sure. And that's that's exciting. So, you know, it all started with you and I here in September 2021. Yep. It's been that. It was in September, right after yep. harvest. And here we are. You didn't have the processing center yet. Nope. A lot of people don't understand what you had to go through in the processing center. And you had to go through two different inspections and everything. People don't understand. Oh, yeah. And the, the years of putting all that together, great regulatory stuff together. And what do you think? All right, from that time, whenever you and I first talked about, what do you feel like today? Do you feel like you're basically the authority of this? I mean, uh, yeah, it kind of seems like in it a humble way. You it, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, the I mean, even just with my inspectors, a lot of times I, I ask them questions they can't even answer. Right. And now I I've I've got it. I've had to learn that so much that now, just like you said, I can, I mean, well, Judith of Farm Ranch Freedom Alliance, she's been relying on me with this meat build thing to right. be able to connect those threads and everything else. And I mean, she knows her stuff, but somebody like that, that's very, I mean, she, she really is something else. So the fact that she's like, oh yeah, you know what you're talking <laughs> she's about. She's definitely, like, oh. yeah, that's verification. <laughs> that's, a, that's what that's uh, called is verification. Yeah. 
because Judith is, you know, she's she's definitely you know a powerhouse. Right. So. Yeah, because she's she knows her stuff and she's very serious about that. Well, just today walking this walking the halls of the state capitol in Texas, you've, you you're confident. Definitely. And you're 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 basically you're pioneering right now, and basically you're setting precedents. And uh, that's what I've been kind of waiting for as far as bringing you into the mix of the beef initiative because you had to work through all those pain points. Right. And what you're going to do now is people don't have to go through and suffer like you did. And from people that are working in processing plants to people wanting to open them, people inspecting them, people regulating them, you're making every one of their job easier yeah. and their life easier. That's what's cool about that. That takes a lot of patience to get through. But, uh, you know, we have basically the Beef Initiative Association Council. How long have we been working on that? When did uh, we have that idea? I mean, I after it didn't take me very long to decide that I needed to write a manual. Right. You know, after yeah. doing that. Because you after, and I talked, I said, yeah. let's monetize this in the right way right. for the right reasons. And so it took a, I don't know, how long did you work with Brad? Uh, it wasn't too bad. No, it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I, you know, he was nice enough to edit what I already had and, right. and get that together. From a legal standpoint, I mean, we've covered all of our bases. Yeah. And I think that. You know, as we were talking in the capital, there's a perfect storm right now. And, you know, part of that is basically educating about the processing centers. That that is the bottleneck of really everything. Because you do fowl and you do all of the basically other proteins. And so being somebody that's basically done both, um, now we have to educate and we have to basically turn it into a, a business model that basically people can trust. That's, uh, I think we're about to blow this up. No, I think so. Like I was telling you, I mean, the, and the people that have been contacting me about the consulting stuff, you know, they, they've got, just like, you know, there's wild numbers that some mm -hmm. people give about how big these things need to be and how much they need to cost. And yeah. The fact that we can do it for, you know, a third to maybe even less than that of other people's projected costs is just phenomenal. Well, and that's, that's what we get to do, and that's going to just make us that much more successful because we're going to call the bullshit on it. Because how many people go out there and spend $75,000 on a HACCP program, and then they don't have anything? They never even get, you know, they pay the, they're poor the foundation, maybe, and then they have to, they, they miss one step along the way of getting inspected, and they're done. Yeah. And they're out of money. And then they're just pissed off and they said and that's one thing that you know we had that conversation last week is that you're not going to cut corners here and there's no reason to because we're basically pricing this thing at the level it needs to be priced yeah. and it's fair and so and i'm really really confident now you know after being involved with well, farfa and, and every, every all these other organizations that i've been involved with i'm really confident now that what we have together is something that's very solid yeah you know it's not just peddling nonsense it's it really isn't and you know it's it's what i really like about it is piggybacking the education on top of this that's what i've been hoping for that we could do and so i think you just solved the problem that we've both been talking about so we'll do it in the texas panhandle yeah in West Texas on top of Llano Estacado, where the beef initiative started. We get to say, hey, you think this grass don't grow cattle? It grows a lot more. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, um, 
So we're going to go down and talk to uh, Cole Bolton in Moling, uh, Texas. And basically, all this year, what the beef initiative is going to be doing is talking about processing centers. It's the center of everybody's universe from here on out. Yep. How you can basically turn a community around through the processing center. And so you were talking last week and you were talking about the storefront. Why? It's a food shed. Yep. It's a lot of people are wanting these in their communities. So what have you seen whenever y'all opened up the ranch, the, the, the storefront? I mean, that, that's increased our sales like crazy. Like I was telling you earlier, I can't keep up with my pork and my lamb demand yeah. right now. And then the chickens, you know, last year that was the same way. I did about a thousand birds last year. And they'd be gone in 30 minutes whenever I post that. So now I'm almost tripling my production of birds going through 4,000 this year. Really? And it's still not going to be enough, I can already tell you. But that's why, that's, that's what I was mentioning to you too, is that's a good problem to have because that storefront, like you said, is a food hub but it's also providing these new opportunities for either existing producers or people who want to get into this right. to start producing and know that they, hey there's a market for this and it will sell and and we don't have to worry about that no longer are you having to worry about oh I got to be you know uh-huh. a market manager basically exactly while being farmer right so well and that's what this collaboration is done and as I was saying in there there's a marketing umbrella that is being created here and with our index with the beef initiative and everything it's it's going to be a hell of a lot easier to be found it's not going to be censored and you know the basically the rancher producer uh merchant is going to have a marketplace that they don't get censored on facebook marketplace or etsy or one of these platforms we're going to circumvent all the way around all that that's what's exciting and whenever that hits with the processing and people say, hey, I'm going to open up a processing center, I'm going to build my community, here's the digital storefront, and then here you are with the basically physical storefronts. It all come, it comes together into basically a voice that the American rancher and producer has never had. Yeah. Not in our lifetimes. No. Never. It used to be like that a long, long time ago. Well, that's what our grandfathers <laughs> taught, taught us, you know, and that's it was easy. It was an afterthought. That it, it was just it was just the way things were. That's how Canyon, Texas was. You didn't have to worry about getting beef. Canyon used to have that uh, grocery store there on the south side of the square that had yeah. the lockers, you know. Yeah. That they, people had to come and get their their meat from and everything. And so. Yeah, we'll bring that story back whenever yeah. we have that summer. We're gonna when are we doing that summer? Uh, September. Yeah, September. Something like that. Everybody's gonna be coming to freaking Canyon, Texas, in the middle of the desert high plains. <laughs> for a regenerative summit. Maybe we'll have some rain by then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like the Dust Bowl these days. It's why it's nice coming to Austin, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. In the springtime. We get to eat a little, anyway. well, we get to eat some good old Central Texas barbecue and have a couple of beers. <laughs> so that's that's uh, always a good little uh, pastime here, that's for sure. So, uh, but, uh, so you're leaving tomorrow and we're gonna head off to Virginia. So what else, what do you think anybody should know about um, I mean, if you're up in the Amarillo area, definitely come check us out. But if you're looking to, like you said, find something that has the potential to revitalize some of these communities, yeah. you know, I, I, think, I think we got a good start to it. Yeah. It's not completely there because it does take a lot of organization and getting stuff figured out. But just like with my storefront, that's allowed me to now start partnering with these other farms and we're going to have a multi-farmer CSA mm-hmm. that offers that locally grown vegetables, that local cheese that we have, local eggs, and local 
beef or pork or lamb depending on what they want right so i mean that's and that's huge because that's a consistent market that these producers are going to be able to rely on and we're going to replicate and replicate and replicate and replicate that's i mean that's that's how this is going to play out and everybody gets to do it in their own biome of where they live and that's that's what's so important about this this the level of education that is is fun to basically communicate when people listen i mean how long you been doing this man how long you been uh, i started and... growing food in 2015. yeah granted it took a while to figure out even how to do that successfully up there right <laughs> it well exactly it does i mean it's the desert high plains and we're going through a lot of desertification basically of our lands but you know your whole family that's all you've ever done that's it's in your blood yeah so i mean all the way back here Scotland was it you told yeah, me? Wales. Yeah, yeah. Wales. That, that's what y'all did back then. You yep. were you were farmers and producers, and and so I think that you're leading the way, man. And this is going to be fun. So uh, I think this year is going to be big. It's going to be really and if, big. And if those, especially the cottage food bill and the egg bill go through, let's talk oh, man, about that because we didn't touch on that. That'll revolution. Let everybody know what you were doing here today, so people can kind of understand the protocol of how this works out. Well, I work with the Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance. Right. And so FARFA, as it's known, is really um, very small producer-centric. And so they, Judith McGurry, the director, she focuses on trying to get bills passed that help out small producers. Um, so, as, I mean, as you know, or anybody else that's ever tried to produce something local, there's so much regulation around almost all of it. Yeah. And so breaking down some of those barriers, um, we were up here today going to different legislators' offices and talking to their staff about, hey, these bills are coming up or they just passed out of the Senate or the House, and this is why you should support it and this is why it's important. I have come up here and done some testifying as well, mm -hmm. which um, also has really helped. Yeah. But those, the egg bill, all that will do will, will allow it is selling of ungraded eggs to restaurants or little storefronts like mine. So that will mean that I can carry local eggs. That's huge. That, yeah, that would be huge. That means that if it passes October 1st, yeah. I'd be able to have local eggs in my store. Well, that creates market access. And that's what they capture with regulatory capture is like, okay, I can't even eat local eggs because of regulation that has nothing to do with eggs. And it has nothing to do with health or safety nothing. or anything. I was just all over the, all over Thailand and Australia, all over Thailand and parts of Australia, those eggs never see a, a, a refrigeration unit. You know, and people don't even realize that you don't have to put this. Why do they have to? Well, they wash the eggs and they do this to this to this. And that's, that's why they have to refrigerate. So once again, you know, education plus market access that was stolen from us. Well, and really uh, almost all the big bills that we have are market access bills. Yeah. The cottage food bill is a market access bill because it's doing the same thing. It's actually expanding the amount. Currently, you can only make 25000 gross mm -hmm. uh, for cottage food yeah. before you're not not under that anymore raising that to 100,000 and it would allow small storefronts like mine to carry cottage food goods so that would mean all of a sudden we're also going to be able to carry breads and jams and hot sauces nice and pies and all this stuff that we can't carry right now because of that regulatory burden and, and so what a great consumption model people get to engineer yeah now. <laughs> well I mean that that could be all you know everything 100% local produced yeah um, and that's know, all you want know the quality was there and like like we said too that also expands the market for people to year round because currently egg producers and cottage food people are really kind of limited to 
basically just the three season or yeah. three three month market right. that we have at you know, for the farmers market. Right. So breaking that open and letting them sell year round. I mean that's that's just huge because this if if that happens, I can start organizing egg producers and a bread person mm-hmm. and a jam person and you know replicate, replicate, replicate and every and plug all these product. people in. Yeah. Then we'll have you know that and it just it it really could be amazing. Well, and that. Th- this is fascinating how this works. You're talking about that with basically what you just said and what we're doing within the Beef Initiative is this is the collaboration. We have basically an index of co-ops all across the United States now. And what we're doing is building out that searchable index throughout the Beef Initiative. And so once again, you have that marketing umbrella of the Beef Initiative where it's just not beef. It's just not pork, fowl, you know, everything that people can get through the Beef Initiative right now. But it is the storefront. It is that basically decentralized storefront that gives everybody market access and everybody gets to basically put their basically grocery shopping yep. list together. And as that grows out, it will be like Amazon where, well, I want this, I want this, it'll be delivered here, I can pick it up here, when, and, and that's where we're going with that. But it takes you doing what you're doing and talking to those people that now, okay, we get the laws passed, then you start networking, then we have the technology and the marketing umbrella, and then it all just comes together. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing about what we're doing here. And I don't think you and I knew that we didn't even have the hopes that we'd be as far as we are right now, <laughs> last year. Yeah. I no. Mean, you were I'm... struggling with the inspection. All that crap was you know, in your face every day. I mean, yeah. it was stressful. People don't understand how, thr- think about being, um, you know, for people that listen to this, Think about being under the umbrella of thinking that you're going to get laid off or shut down every day of your life. You know, that's what the producers, ranchers, animal producers, food producers, that's what they face with all this regulatory capture. The lack of market access, basically, that it's not given to them directly is basically a form of prohibition that I don't think a lot of people understand. Well, for sure, because it's you know we educate people probably every day because we get every day where where are the eggs at your storefront can't carry why can't you carry it well because of this law where's the raw milk where's (laughs) the eggs where's the raw milk yeah and and they don't understand they don't have time to understand you know just like what we said in there it's like it's nine o'clock at night they've been with the kids they don't have that time they don't and the rancher producer doesn't have time to go out there and market themselves like heb does every day you know, and that's that's what's so unfair about all of this. But I say I, I'm getting hungry and thirsty, so yeah. let's get out of here, Justin. Good work. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Much more to come. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Yeah.